Welcome to the LCAL a Low Carb Ancestral Living podcast. I'm your host, Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy! There you go. Hi and welcome to LCAL a Low Carb Ancestral Living with Pim Johnson. Today I have Emily with me. Some of you might know her already because she has been on the show twice in the past. It was a while back now probably a couple of years ago and she has cured her MS and bipolar with the carnivore diet and if you haven't watched that interview the very first one I did with her it's very well worth your time so go and do that as well after you watch this one so today we're actually going to go a bit beyond just diet and look at what else she's doing with regards to her health because I I think this is such a great topic because what she's doing now is just reconnecting with her roots and trying to find a way of living that ancestral life in our modern society and I know that a lot of you people want to do that but you find it very difficult to find something that is actually working so I'm hoping that what Emily is going to share with us today is going to help you in your struggles or give you some ideas about what you can do so welcome to the show Em so great to have you back Thank you. So good to be back. I love talking to you, Pim. I know. I always miss you when we don't talk, which is like all the time. I know. <laughs> and, but whenever we do, it's just like we don't miss a beat. Yeah. Like it's just so great to just, I don't know, have Absolutely. a friend all the way across the world. And it's weird because we've never met in real life, but I'm hoping that we will sometime. Oh, I know. I know we will. I know we will. Yay. It's going to happen. Good. I'll take that as a promise. So I know we're not here to repeat everything that you said in the first episode, but for those people that don't know you, maybe if you could just give us the short version of what your life was when you developed MS and bipolar disorder and how you found your way to carnivore and what difference that made, if you don't mind. (laughs) Yes. No, I've gotten pretty good at doing this pretty fast. Um, so, um, I have to start with the mental illness because that's what brought me here. Um, so I had, um, debilitating mental illness, um, in the form of bipolar disorder where I wouldn't know who I was from each day to the next, um, because it turned into rapid cycling, you know, cause you hear about bipolar disorder and you have the highs and you have the lows and usually it's cyclical. Um, but mine went into rapid cycling where every single day I didn't know who I was going to be, whether I was going to be manic or whether I was going to be depressed. I didn't know who I was going to be. Um, and I was at my most on 900 milligrams of lithium, 80 milligrams of Prozac, 80 milligrams of Adderall just to get out of bed every day. And then of course, Ambien every night to sleep. Um, so I was on a cocktail of meds and I was not functioning. I was an absolute zombie, um, to the point where I had to be out of work for six months. And, um, I have my master's in clinical counseling and I've practiced as a therapist. So it was not cool that I would have to reschedule all of my clients, um, and that I wasn't my best. Um, so then my brother, um, told me about, um, carnivore 
And um, I thought it was crazy, but my brother's not really a warm and fuzzy person. So the fact that he did something nice got my attention um, and that he recognized my mental illness um, as a problem, you know, um, and that he was trying to help. And so I uh, started eating carnivore overnight. I went from the standard American diet. Um, I was eating um, entire pizzas by myself, eating ice cream out of the carton, eating uh, donuts and pastries, soda, um, and just cream basically horns. <laughs> cream horns. Yes, I love cream horns. Um, I still don't really know I what was, they are. <laughs> Sorry. I, Go on. You don't need to know. They're they're the devil. They're absolute cream horns. They're the devil. They're absolutely the devil. Um, and, uh, you know, like I wasn't even keto or like healthy. Like I was eating just junk, complete junk. Um, and bottles of wine uh, at a time, uh, beer, you name it. And then overnight, I went from that to... 50% animal meat and 50% animal fat. Um, and then I started feeling better. And it was it was rough for a while um, through the transition. But about three weeks in, I got a glimpse of hope. And I felt joy for the first time that I can remember. Um, and it went away quickly, but it came back the next day and was a little bit longer. Um and in this transition phase, um, something else was revealed in my body that I didn't know was the problem, um, was that I have multiple sclerosis. And um, about a month into, or three or four weeks into me eating carnivore, I was actually hospitalized with um, acute dysphagia, which meant that I couldn't swallow. I couldn't swallow water. I couldn't swallow food. Um, I couldn't swallow anything. Um, and they did an MRI and found lesions on my brain and diagnosed me with uh, multiple sclerosis through a lumbar puncture and multiple MRIs. Um, so it wasn't like they thought I had MS or I kind of had MS, like I had MS. Um, and that was contributing to my mental illness uh, along the way as well. But there was a knowing in me, and I think that that's really important to address today, especially in our conversation, that it wasn't a really convincing scientific journal. It wasn't this doctor or that doctor. It was inside me. I knew that I was supposed to eat meat and animal meat and animal fat, and I didn't know until I actually tried it, but there was this confirmation every time I had a steak, every time I had ground beef or bacon or sausage or chicken or pork, I knew that this was the right thing for me. And so I just kept on. And I, I was in the hospital for seven days. I got released um, and I got the full on um, MS symptoms where I couldn't walk. Without an assistive device, I had a shower chair. I had um, the I had to put little things like this on my pen because I couldn't write. My hands wouldn't write. I had to put these on my uh, forks and uh, spoons as well because I couldn't grip anything. 
Um, and I just kept eating meat and kept eating animal fat. And in, uh, so I started this in February of 2019 in April of 2019 was my last manic or depressive episode. So bipolar was gone. I was still on my psych meds, but bipolar, I didn't have any more bipolar symptoms. So, and then I started in February and then May 9th of 2019 was my last MS symptom and it never came back. It's been three years now, this April, this month, three years since I've had a bipolar episode and next month will be three years that I've had an MS symptom and I've had no medication for MS and I titrated off of all of my meds for bipolar in September of 2019. So this September will be three years that I have had no psych meds. And I didn't end up back in the psych ward and I'm not in the nursing home. That's amazing. <laughs> I love hearing your story every story. time you tell it. Yeah, it's, it's so great. But you, you have helped other MS patients get rid of it as well. And You've seen some varying results, I take it, from memory? Um, I've seen imp- people have improvements. I've never had anybody directly work with me who have said okay. it is gone. I have had people who um, are influenced by me in that, like, they have listened to my stories um, through video, through Instagram, through Facebook, and they've emailed me and said that they're cured, like that yeah. they're, they haven't had their symptoms come back, but I haven't like directly, you know, okay. worked with anybody. Well, that's good enough for me. If I had MS, I would. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they did it. I think that's the difference is a lot of people, they talk to me or they work with me and they don't like they, they keep cheating. They keep cheating and they keep eating sugar and they're like, but I tried it (laughs) with their soda in hand. And I'm like, (laughs) you didn't, you didn't try it, you know? Um, But the people who try it and they have results. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's quite encouraging for those who actually want to try it. So last time we spoke, you, I know that you were feeling great, which was I'm talking about last time we spoke on camera. So that was probably a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. And then you were eating just grass-fed beef, beef fat and salt, I think. And there was nothing else there. And it's all, I don't know if it's organic or if it's just from local farms that probably are more or less organic. So where have you gone after that? And why, if you felt great, why have you kept exploring (laughs) What's been missing? Um, I don't remember if I was talking to you whenever I did an experiment with egg yolks. No. Um, and I did an experiment with raw milk. Right. Um, so I, I first did the raw milk, um, and I had uh, eight ounces of raw milk a day for five months. Um, because I was just like, I had this belief that my body is healing and I can do this, you know? Mm. Um, unfortunately I had to discontinue that. Um, the cool part was, is that I gained 15 pounds. 
Um, and so I liked that part. <laughs> um, but the negative part was that I got um, scales. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, yeah, like I, I like started lizards. peeling. <laughs> yes, like a lizard. I'm not kidding you. It was like reptile skin, like right here. And I was just like, um, yeah, this doesn't feel healthy. Like, this isn't good. <laughs> So obviously I'm having some kind of an autoimmune re response to that. Yep. Um, same thing with the eggs. I did the egg, egg yolks. Um, I just tried egg yolks first um, for a month. And um, I got to the point where I was at work one day and I had my name badge on and my name badge is like here on my thing. And all of a sudden I'm talking to a coworker and I'm like, yeah, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? Like I was itching so bad all over my body that mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, eggs are out. And then of course, as soon as I stopped the eggs and the milk, everything resolved. And I went back to superhuman. Well, that's quite an improvement though, I must say, because I remember that must have been about two years ago on your birthday when you got those cheap rebuys or whatever it was from the supermarket. And I think they were organic and you just deteriorated very quickly. Yeah. So that was, just that was a little really bit of a bad. rash is probably a sign that you are healing. So I'm wondering what, how you would do with slightly less good quality meat, but I, I don't want you to try it. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, I know. And I, <laughs> I've stopped experimenting and partly because yeah. of my husband. He's like, can we just stay right here for a minute? Oh. And I'm like, okay, okay. He's like, he was like, can we, we'll just experiment like next year, like mm. just stop experimenting. And I'm really so happy with where I'm at. I love my food every day. I get so excited about my food um, that it's just, I, yeah, I don't need to experiment. I'm happy. And that's, I mean, do you want to, I don't know how much there is to say about that, but so many people that even think about going to on the carnivore diet they think that they're not gonna well I can relate but they think that they can't really enjoy the food because it's going to be the same thing over and over again and I feel a bit a little bit like that so hearing you saying that I'm getting really excited about eating the same thing every day it's like how does that work <laughs> I I don't understand it I really don't um I literally when I take my first bite of fat um of my eyes roll back in my head and I, I mean I it I just I did it just yesterday um and I was just like yep it's still there like I just know that that health and and everything nutrition is on the way and my body just gets so excited um and it does the same way with my with my meat when I bought into my meat uh I just I just love it and there's so many people that have said, you know, you're full of it, you're lying or whatever. Um, you know, I'm not like I, I, this is really my experience, but I recognize that this isn't the experience of everybody else. Yeah. So you eating 50, 50 meat and fat in volume, I take it. Um, I eat, um, a half a pound, um, of, beef fat every yeah. day and a half a pound of beef cuts like a steak that's like cut up into pieces 
Yeah. And then one pound of ground beef. And that's got a mixture of fat and meat in it. Okay. So basically two pounds of mixture of fat and beef. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I can't eat that much. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I wish I could. I've been and practicing I, for three months. Well, but... <laughs> it takes an hour and a half. I, it ta- I, I take an hour and a half to eat. Um, and I eat like it's my job. Like, yeah. I really enjoy the first, you know, probably pound. I'm just, like, shoveling it in, like, loving it. And then I have to, like, sit back, like, stretch, like, okay, like, here we go. <laughs> because it's because I'm so lazy that I don't want to have to eat again later. It's already right. here. It's already prepped. It's already the perfect everything. I don't want to have to do this again later today. So yeah. I just get it, get it done and I just do it and I finish, wow. um, the last pound. So you eat all of that in one sitting. I'm impressed. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm very impressed. An hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm so impressed by you. I, I know that you said before, <laughs> that, you know, it, it's easy for you to stick to the diet because you know the consequences and how bad you're going to feel if you're not. But yeah your dedication is kind of commendable well and like whenever i do vary um like every once in a while i'll go out um with my family and have a steak um and um i always just tell them no oil on the grill um i let them know that i have an allergy you know no seasonings um because i never know what i'm going to react to Um, and, uh, about a month ago I went out with my father to this little hamburger place and I was like, I'll just have two little hamburger patties, you know, nothing else, no cheese, no nothing, no bread, just the hamburger patties. And so I ate two of them and I had a headache for four days. Um, it was just ridiculous, but there was some kind of oil on the grill and I didn't tell them, you know, no oil, Mm. um, So I just, I know myself, I know my body, I know that I am, I react to certain things and, um, I really like feeling good. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. So on that note, you have started doing a lot of other things for your health and your well-being uh, on a daily basis. And so how did you... Is that something you always done and I've just not known about it? Or is there something that you started doing for any specific reasons? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? No, never. I never was this person. Um, <laughs> I was the person who slept all the way until the third snooze on the alarm. <laughs> and then I would jump out of bed. I would already have my pants right there next to me. I would throw my pants on you know, brush my teeth, brush my hair, whatever. And then like, just run out the door. Like I would just go into my day. Mm -hmm. Um, and because I just, I loved to sleep. I just loved to sleep. Like sleep was my drug of choice, you know? And I just, I really enjoyed, you know, staying in bed and sleeping as long as I could. Um, and I had a, um, a tragedy happen in my family um, that rocked me. 
And I was already carnivore, thankfully. So I was stable, but I knew that there was an extra level of nurturing that I needed to give myself um, to, to sustain me through this tragedy. Um, and I got very intentional. Um, I had actually, um, you, you know, you might know her, I'm sure you know her, um, Nidhi, the pharmacist, um, Nidhi Valley. Um, I reached out to her and I shared my tragedy and what was happening to me. And she said, you need to read this book. And I have had people tell me that I needed to read a book before and I'm like, Hey, yeah, okay, whatever, you know? Um, but for some reason I listened to her and I feel like it was intuition. Um, but I listened to her and I read that book, um, within two days. Um, it was on audiobook, but still I sat there and literally like paid attention to this book in two days. Um, it was the untethered soul by Michael A. Singer. And it peeled back the layers of my reality to understand that pain and this tragedy that I was experiencing is something that I can allow to move through me. It's not something that I have to hold on to and if I do hold on to it, I'm just going to make it worse. I'm prolonging. I have the control to prolong pain. And I have the control to speed up the pain, <laughs> to let go and go, okay, you can miss me with that. And I did. And I got re really intentional about um, waking up early and meditating every single day. And then it was just a snowball effect. Um, because once I got in tune with myself and who I really am and my real inner being, I really liked her. And I was like, oh, I want to know more about her. I want to know more about what she thinks. And then I just wanted to spend time with myself. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird, but I just, I really enjoyed nurturing myself. Um, and then that led to me, um, you know, like I said, waking up early. And then that led me to begin grounding where I would go out and put my bare feet in the grass every morning. And that also led to me realizing that I need to put my eyes in the sun without my contacts, without my glasses, um, to just look at the morning sun. And so it was the perfect routine and like it was like everything was aligning for me to wake up meditate pray and then go outside right at sunrise and stick my feet in the grass and look at the sun and it was just like this complete hug of nurturing for myself and now it, it it's everything like it it has become my staple in that I, it's not like, oh, I'm going to push through and do this. Like, it's my favorite part of the day. It's my favorite thing. Because if I love myself first, then I have so much more to give everybody else. Yes. And how long does it take you to do this? 
Um, how long did it take me to, or, or how long, like, yes, in like the morning every day. does it take me? Yes, yes. Um, okay, so 20 minutes of meditating, um, and then I would say 15 minutes of, um, I read scripture, um, and uh, I pray. So roughly, roughly an hour just right there um, at my bed, and I do this all at my bed. Um, and then, um, I go, uh, well, I started working out. So then I go and I work out for 30 minutes. Um, and then I go, once I'm all hot and, and worn out, then I step outside and, um, I go outside for, uh, 20 minutes every morning. So an hour, basically two hours. And then I eat. <laughs> so, um, and an hour and a half of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's like my, my day. And that's why I wake up at four because I got to I got to get all this stuff done. Um, before my first appointment is usually at eight thirty in the morning. That's great. So I want everyone to actually hear this, that she's not getting up the same time as she used to get up and just kind of don't do the things that she needs to do. Is actually waking up earlier, which I think in turn makes you go to bed earlier as well. It does. But I also want to say that a key part of this was that I conditioned myself to do this, um, yeah. but I would allow myself to take naps. So a couple of mornings as I was beginning to do this, I would block off time for naps. So it was more important for me to wake up at 4 a.m., complete my routine, and then go back to bed. And I know that sounds silly. Like, why wouldn't you just wake up later? But over time, I didn't need the nap. Yeah. And for those that think, oh, my God, I could never do all of that, you can just do it, but shorter. You don't have to do all the things that Emily is doing either. Usually how you start your day is literally how the rest of your day is going to continue. So if you start with chaos, that's usually what's going to be going on the rest of the day. So I think this is such a good investment of your time. And so how have you seen this impact your life when you started doing all these things? Um, it's changed my um, my reactions to literally anything that comes up in the day. Um, whenever there's a coworker who is um, either being annoying or, you know, says something ridiculous or a child or um, my, uh, my car is acting up or, you know, somebody cuts me off in traffic. It's, it's like I'm in this weird bubble where like I see things happening around me, but they're not happening to me. And I just kind of like go through my day. I still get irritable. I still get, you know, snappy. I still have, but it's so much less than it yeah. used to be. Um, and so I'm not reacting to things. I'm just responding to them, if that makes sense. Yes, it does to me anyway. <laughs> and I think that is amazing. Yeah. Just by doing this. Yeah. So and it, it took me a long time. It took me, I would say, 
it, it was progressive. I started with just the, um, the meditation. Um, and that was really hard for me at first because my, well, I was tired. I wanted to go to sleep. Um, and my, my mind went immediately to, you got to do this today. You got to do this today. You got to do that today. Um, and don't forget this. Um, and so what I did is I put a notepad right next to me so that I could just vomit out all of the randomness and then get back to, okay, what's in the now? What's in, what is happening right now? And I, it was really basic. Like I had to tell myself, I am sitting on the bed. I feel the sheets underneath my legs. I hear the air conditioner. I smell this uh, oil. Um, I taste this water. Uh, you know, like I had to really get immersed in right now before my brain would stop going to what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you noticed anything on your physical health as well? Um, I, I don't know. Like I don't have any measurements. Um, but, uh, I, I was going to, uh, I still do go to a, um, uh, a naturopath, um, Mm. chiropractor. And, um, he said that, um, I had, uh, some kind of a cortisol response in my eyes. Um, and that he suggested that I had like high levels of cortisol. Um, and that now as he checks me, it's been, you know, a while that he says that it's improved. Um, and I have noticed that I'm just calmer. I'm a lot calmer. And before I have been in, because especially with my bipolar disorder and mental illness, I have been in survival mode um, for 10 plus years. Um, and it's like, um, that's, that was just my normal. And I thrived on, on chaos. And now I recognized that um, I actually thrive on peace and calm mm-hmm. and order. And um, I don't need to be in that high level of stress. That's amazing. And I think so many people are thriving on chaos because <laughs> that's how we build our society. Everything is about this has to be done then and there's a deadline here and you have to start working really early and before that most people have kids or whatever and they need to take care of that and it's just like stress, stress, stress throughout the whole day basically. And I think that this probably contributes to a lot of disease. I know I'm a lot about nutrition but the I think we're kind of overseeing the mental health aspect of things and how stress is impacting our lives. And as you said, cortisol in your eyes, I've never even heard about that. But obviously, if you can get your stress levels down, you will get lower cortisol levels and that will probably decrease the amount that you have in your eyes as well. So how yeah. do you do you think that everyone would benefit from doing this? Or there's some people that maybe should be, they're kind of just genetically predisposed to do the stress thing and they 
wouldn't benefit from doing that or what's your take um i think it's harder for some people to to calm down um i think it's harder for some people to quiet the noise in their head um but i would i i would say that those are the people that really really need it mm-hmm. um and um because they're not ever giving themselves a break um and to really press in to know how good it feels. It's like a high. It's like um, uh, just taking a hit of like a really good drug um, to sit there in meditation and to feel peace and um, to love yourself. Like I can't tell you how many times I've gone into meditation like with this anxiety and this angst about my day or, um, or, or something that I'm worried about with, with my business or with my family or something that I'm worried about. And then at the end of it, it's like, I just smoked like four joints and I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter. Everything's going to work out. (laughs) Everything's okay. And I just go through my day and I didn't touch a drug. I didn't touch anything. I literally just got in connection with my inner being and with myself. And I got a realistic perspective on everything. It's, it's like, you know, like stepping above the, the, the maze and going, oh, this is going to work out this way. Or I don't even know how it's going to work out, but it's going to be all right. Instead of going, oh my gosh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, everything is horrible. You just, you you basically get that elevated state to where you can look at everything in a calm perspective and go, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. So on that note, I, I mean, I find it quite hard to meditate. I tend to want to fall asleep when I'm trying to do that, but... Let's say that someone who starts doing this and they can meditate. And you were mentioning that you you started liking spending time with yourself. And I know a lot of people, they're very scared of spending time with themselves. So they need to keep themselves occupied 100% of the time to avoid that feeling of just being with yourself. So how do you kind of go from there to liking yourself and then to actually loving yourself? What, How did that progress for you and what did you do? Um, I definitely recommend a CD, um, like a guided meditation, um, to start. Um, and even now, um, I still like to use that, um, mm-hmm. just whatever, um, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, just let's switch it up a little bit. Um, and Dr. Joe Dispenza has a morning CD and an evening CD. And it's literally like 20 minutes in the morning and then 20 minutes in the evening. And it just, it, it it's like putting the bumpers on a, a bowling lane where it just like, it keeps me in the moment. It just keeps me there so that I can really think about, okay, breathing in and breathing out. And I can really think about what he is suggesting to think about in that moment. Um, but it's not so much talking that it's distracting me. There are times that I can play the CD and go on my own little journey. Like I don't even listen to what he's saying. 
Um, I'm just, I'm just there in the moment. Um, so I would say, I would suggest, uh, some guided meditations to start out with. Awesome. So <clears throat> what type of people are you helping? Are you just helping people with uh, bipolar or mental health problems or MS? What, what, what do you do nowadays? Um, it's, it's really a bunch of randomness that comes to me. Um, but it's always somebody who's really miserable. <laughs> um, that, that's usually the, miserable people. the theme. <laughs> I help miserable people. I do. Yeah. I do. I help miserable people. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's mental illness. Sometimes it's mental illness that they don't recognize that they have. Hmm. Um, so they're coming to me for weight loss or they're coming to me for, um, carb and sugar addiction. Um, but they don't recognize that the reason that they're addicted and the, the reason that they're struggling so much is because, um, you know, either that or trauma, um, a lot of childhood trauma, uh, relational trauma, um, self-loathing, uh, and I just, I'm able to just help them walk through that, um, and to nurture themselves. Mm. Awesome. And you're also doing a Saturday Zoom, live Zoom meeting, which now is at 4 a.m. So I won't be there for another six months or so, but I will come and I attend hate that. at some point. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. And are those just clients of yours or can anyone attend if someone listening wants to hop on? Is that all right? Yeah. So um, I have a big heart and um, a little piece of me dies every time I talk to a client, a potential client, and they say, I want to work with you. I need to work with you. I'm going to die if I don't make some changes in my life, but I can't afford to work with you. And it, it, it just feels like icky. It feels horrible. Like, why does money matter? Money doesn't matter. Money is such a stupid thing that prevents me from working with somebody. But I recognize that I can't work with everybody, that I have to protect myself. I have to provide for my family. I have to provide for me. And so my little brain went into like, what can I do? And I was like, well, I can't give all of my time to everyone, but I can give an hour a week to everyone. Yes. And um, then I thought, okay, well, that's just me. That's just helping the people that are in the meeting. And then I was like, what if part of their price that they're paying for this is that this is going to be a public conversation? And so then I hit record and I told, I tell them, you know, I'm recording this, I'm putting it up on YouTube and then it's able to help even more people who are able to watch the replay. And then I get to sleep at night feeling like, okay, I'm giving something to these people that can't afford to work with me. Yes. That's brilliant. So it's a win-win. Yes. So where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media, if they want to join the Saturday meetings? Where where are you? 
because I know you have different names everywhere. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it was it was strategic at first, but um, Carnivore Minds has just taken over. So Carnivore Minds is my home. That's where I'm going to stay in um, uh, on Instagram. And then um, on Facebook, you can look me up um, by entering inter- Inner Clarity System. Um, I have a Facebook group there, Inner Clarity System. Um, and that's free. That's open to everybody. And then on YouTube, um, it's Center of Brilliance. So um, I hate that I have all these different names. I would like congruence, um, but that's where it is right now. Um, and I'm working on a website, which will hopefully be ready next month. Yay. Awesome. Yes. So is there anything and then everything else? will be in one place. Oh, perfect. <laughs> is there anything else you want to share with people? Just like some tips or, you know, even mindset tips? Because sometimes it's so hard to just kind of convince yourself that it's worth doing these things or even trying to do it because it's too much effort or whatever. Yeah, the only other thing that was foundational for me was um, writing my vision. Um, And it was just a little paragraph. Um, And I wrote it out. Um, Actually, I I believe I typed this one out. I typed it out and I printed it out so that I have it in my hand. And it's very simple statements. Um, It just says, basically, on the, the top of it is, I help miserable people. (laughs) um i help i help people um uh i am nurturing myself um i am healing my family is healing um i have more than enough to pay my bills i have more than enough food um everything is working out the right people are coming into my life at the right time. So just very basic, simple statements, but it's just this little paragraph and I read it every morning and I read it every night. Um, whenever I do my scripture reading and everything, um, at the same time as my meditation and I change it. So whenever I have a, a thorn in the side, like I have something that is just really bothering me, like a crazy coworker or something, I put that in my vision statement. I say, you know, so-and-so is uh, getting easier to work with or um, so-and-so is not bothering me as much, you know? And so it feels very like, why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. But just test it. Just test it and 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 you will be baffled how the you're actually writing out reality just by reading reading these words um and sometimes i read them and i'm like and yeah 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 yeah, yeah, whatever okay but i do it i do the routine every single morning and every single night and there are some times where i'm reading a line and i'm like oh my gosh that's really happening right now that's really happening. And I just, I get so excited and I feel it. And then there's sometimes I'm, I'm reading it and I start crying because it's so beautiful. And then there's other times that I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I read it, you know, 
but you've got to just do the routine every day. So that's my only other tip. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for donating your time, coming on, talking about this. I think it's important that people see that it is doable and it's, it's simple things. You just need to do them and you might see some magic happening. So thank you baby so much. Baby steps. Just do, yeah. do baby steps. Exactly. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.